All right, welcome to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm your host, Rick Solom. My first show, so I brought in the big guns. I brought Mayor Tim Cabot in with me. How's it going, Mayor? Good Good afternoon. It's going well. Um, Congrats Rick, there on your maiden voyage. My maiden voyage, right? Yeah, I just I, and then I'm going to make you do all the talking. Well, I know you like to talk, so I figured sure. that'll be super easy on me. Uh, nine inches of snow, I think, is the uh, amount we got on Tuesday. I think the the, the amounts seem to be varying because I, yeah, I saw one report that was 11 inches, and then so it, it oh, was yeah. a, it was a pretty good chunk. Oh, I think up on the bluff, the National Weather Service, that's a, they got nine inches up there. I think that was the official. Okay. And, and Brad tells me that that's the most since, like, December something, 2010. So it's the second most in the last decade yeah. or something like that. Yeah, we got, we got quite a dump. Um. Do you snow blow your driveway? What do you, What is the mayor doing when we get you know a foot of snow? I I used to um, not that long ago though I'm I've moved from uh, my wife and I basically downsized so we don't have our house anymore I moved into uh, apartments on the north side right off of Gillette Street actually and I get to kind of enjoy all of the young people that have to go out and shovel and and they they work there at the river's edge and so they're they're busy plowing and snow plowing and shoveling and everything else so i i got it pretty easy actually so no lawn no right. no sidewalk nothing correct to do correct i mean my biggest challenge is i we have our dog who really doesn't enjoy the snow and then i'm kind of dog sitting for my daughter and and he loves the snow so i've got kind of the the pull and the push or whatever uh that's my biggest challenge what because, kind of dog do you have um he's kind of a mutt he's a he's a mix of like uh, australian shepherd and uh there's some corgi in there and uh, is he a medium size yeah he's a me- medium, medium size dog yeah, okay so size. it's not like uh i have a couple of friends who you know they throw the tennis ball out their door because they won't go outside <laughs> but they have like little poodles and then they disappear into the snow <laughs> so you can't so you can see your dog yeah, when so you goes. can still see him now my daughter's dog he's he's a mix between a lab and a basset hound, so he's really long yeah. and and, sh- and low to the ground. So he actually kind of disappears a little bit, but he loves the snow so much, so he's kind of like you know. And he's bouncing all. Oh over gosh, yeah. So yeah, so that's my biggest kind of like challenges, and especially you know the cold snap that we had not that long ago. I don't know that anybody's dogs really wanted to go outside oh, my because. Dog. Oh really? She's, she she loves it out there. I have to bring her in because she won't. <laughs> She's like, That's I'm awesome. going out here, and I'm like, it's 30 below. Your feet are going to fall off. What, you what kind of dog? She's a golden retriever. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah, she's been in and out of here. Uh, she, she, you know, in the studio every once in a while. But, she, uh, yeah, she'll just go. I put a little rug out when it's super cold, and she'll just go sit on the rug. And we've the, the deck's on the, like, <laughs> second floor, and she can kind of see over the bluff, oh. and she kind of just takes an Perfect. overview of everything that's Perfect. going on. So, um, all right, we're going to break for news, and then we can get into uh, a couple of, you know, like whatever we want to talk about. Tomorrow's Valentine's Day, so we're going to talk. That's we're true. Gonna expose some, uh, see what Mayor Cabot's got uh, in store for Valentine's Day. All right. all right, we're back here on the Cross Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom with, with Mayor Tim Cabot. Uh, we can take your call, 608-785-7914. You can also text that number. I'll turn that on. I've got it on. So if anyone wants to text, 608-785-7914. And I'm going to turn the song off now. <laughs> uh, Valentine's Day is tomorrow. Do you have big plans? Well, actually, I'm, I'm kind of off the hook this year because my wife, uh, she's the brain, definitely the brains behind the operation. She's actually visiting her mom in Florida. Okay. So she is, uh, she's enjoying like 80 degree weather, and we'll have to do 
a you know Valentine's dinner or something. Will you be required to do that when she re- returns <laughs> to the tundra? Uh, probably. Yeah, there'll there'll be something. There, you know, there's at least some sort of an acknowledgement. At least, like I mean, you, you're you're required. Like as the the husband, you ha- like she isn't one of those wives where ah Valentine's. Like some some people are like well, that. Well, like, I mean, we're pretty low key about it, really. But we'll we'll you know there'll be something. I'm sure a dinner or or. Some some recognition of of that, but not, nothing too elaborate. I'm we've been married 25 years now, so I uh, I don't know if we're uh, we just that's not one of our top holidays, I guess. Has it ever now. been? Have you? I mean, when you were going out before you were married, you had to have had like the one time where you, and maybe more than one time, but do you remember that at all? Well, I think the, I was trying to just think back a little bit. I mean, I think for the most part it was always like, you know, dinner, going out for a nice dinner, and then having flowers. I mean, even to this day, the flowers are probably the biggest thing. So if you don't do flowers, that at least, you know, with my wife and my experience you're in you're kind what of about, in trouble what about like the uh the box of candy the mystery candies you get one one's like mint and the next one's like toothpaste and yeah not not so much candy it's are. really more the flowers i mean uh, we we've i've done that over the years not in the mystery box uh but, but those are the best because you get the one <laughs> like oh toothpaste. I always, come on i always need the if it's the candy box i always need the cheat sheet or whatever it is that tells you what it is oh yeah yeah they thought ahead on those at some point in time they changed that but like it was way more fun when it was yeah you didn't know, you didn't know what you were going to get right i always if i have a girlfriend i don't have a girl in this year i get the the 25 cent chalk candy hearts and then you can write the name on there it's like that's the best gift because it's like there you go 25 cents right <laughs> uh, let's see here we're gonna yeah i i think that it's uh i mean it's it, it's a nice especially this time of the year where everybody's kind of like oh let's get out of the house and we're getting a little cabin fever so that's you know the restaurants and everything will be busy but this year it'll be probably a little low-key. Was it planned that your wife would leave the state? <laughs> <laughs> I think as the as the weather you know as January was progressing into February and it was colder and more snow I, she uh, she has family that lives there so she was like you know what I think it's time to go pay them a visit so <laughs> smart on her part. Yeah so very smart was, to get out of here. And, right? and we were lucky earlier in the week is when she flew out so we kind of dodged all of the bad weather the road conditions on the interstate and seeing some of those terrible yeah. pileups. Yeah, that was crazy. Thankfully, um, she got out safely. Speaking of terrible, number three, is this you? This is me. Hey, how, how are you? I'm good. I was more interested calling about what you were going to do for Valentine's, and here you tell me you don't have a girlfriend. I mean, the mayor is a married man for 25 years. <laughs> Yeah, but he isn't. So he's obligated. I don't have to do. What are you? What are you going to do? You, you've got a wife. She gives you forty dollars a week. I think you said the other she's day. She's taking me to Schmitty's tomorrow night. Oh, she's. Oh, so it's on her to to be the she, the romantic she one. She pays every time we go someplace. I use her money. I work too hard for mine. So Schmitty, is it always Schmitty's? How many? Like, do you have a good Valentine story from from your past? Yeah, but I couldn't tell it to you over the year. <laughs> Do you have a terrible one that was just a complete disaster oh, all, when you were a young man? They've all been good. Oh, they're all good? You just keep looking for that good new girlfriend with a new pickup truck. You'll be all right. Well, I got a 22-year-old pickup truck. It's been pretty handy the last couple of days. Well, that's why you got to get a new girlfriend with a new pickup truck. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll think about it. Right. I got a little question for the mayor. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, has Rick got fresh coffee down there? Is that old sock coffee? 
He didn't offer me coffee, so I know that this is his first show. He's kind of working towards that. I do have a, a glass of water. Okay. Well, he's a big stender. Anyway, I've got a little question. When the city of La Crosse buys an old beat-up house or an apartment for $60,000, right? and you tear, you tear it down for another ten, we got $70,000 in that piece of property. Correct. Would you say... Would you get an average of $10,000 when you resell that lot? That's probably pretty close. I mean, the okay. we do offer... In other words, we got a $60,000 investment in correct. that piece of property. That's correct. How, yes. how do we get our $60,000 back? Well, in some ways, we don't. Uh, that's part of the investment in trying to uh, uh, fix and address some of the dilapidated properties and to build new homes in the neighborhoods. There are okay. some of the funding sources we do get from the federal government, so through our community development block grants and through there's a program called Home Funds. We do get some monies through that. And then there are... Uh, when we So when we uh, work with uh, one of our partners and then sell a house for, you know, $130,000 or $140,000, that helps us to recoup some of that upfront investment, you know, that sixty or $70,000. But, but typically... In other words, if you were selling a house for $140,000 and you tried to put that 60000 on it... Correct. It would not be affordable. You'd be overpriced anymore. on the house, and you wouldn't sell it, right? That's right. Yeah, it would not be. It would not be affordable. So the so the city made a decision, you know, twenty twenty five years ago that they were going to try to encourage more single family home ownership in some of these neighborhoods, and they utilize monies from the federal government primarily to, in essence, subsidize some of these lots. And over the twenty to twenty five years now, we have a pretty robust program. So we are getting. A good chunk of those monies paid back, not necessarily all of it, but the results, I think, have been very positive because it has increased the tax base. So you went from, you know, a property that was assessed at maybe, again, fifty or 60000 to a property now that's assessed at $130,000, $140,000. You don't necessarily recoup all of that 60000 in one year, but over time, of course, those taxes make up make up that difference. The taxes would only be about $4,000 a year on a house like that. So it's going to take you 15 years at $4,000 a year just to get that $60,000 back. Yep, that sounds about right. Now, one thing, can't we get these places to fix up their houses with all of our inspection departments? Well, they they can primarily uh, deal with the outside of the properties. Uh, uh-huh. Unfortunately, unless we get a complaint, we really don't do the interior inspections anymore. Okay, and that's a problem. Um, the the state of Wisconsin a couple years ago made it very very difficult, if not impossible, for for cities like La Crosse to do that. So we don't have an active uh, rental registration and inspection program anymore. Uh, we still do respond to complaints, and we are looking for other ways to try to address some of those those quality issues. But for the most part, it's what you see on the outside is what the inspectors see. On the outside is what you're going to see. Right. Okay, thanks for the time. Okay, and, Good and luck. Hey, uh, yeah, thank you for dropping it's off the... I was going to just say thank you for dropping off the uh, the hatched baby replica that uh, 
that number three uh, had made because uh, somehow it made its way after Mitch had, uh, uh, you know, finished up that made it to City Hall. So Yeah, we uh, we gave it to Rob Abraham on one of yep. Mitch's last shows, right. and then it got to your office. That's right. And where where do you think it is now? Now it's making the rounds. I don't know. We're we're kind of we're enjoying the uh, the replica because it's getting into different departments. We're using it kind of as a <laughs> that's kind of what we did here. We I sent it to the Rock one day, and I think they took it to KQ ninety eight, the next studio down. And then one day I lost it, and I walked around. I was asking, and it was in the garbage. Uh-oh. So I rescued it uh-huh. from the garbage. Good. Um, how does the blue baby? How is the blue baby held up in a foot of snow? It's been just fine. As, as so we shovels ever. around it, so we can get so we can get around mm. like a fire hydrant. We got to shovel around the blue, blue no, baby. I don't. I don't believe so. I think I'm just trying to think. The last time I walked past there, it's it's looking good. Um, it works well with the white snow and the and the egg and everything else. <laughs> yeah, it kind of yeah, it kind of makes sense now. Blue baby's cold. Um, speaking of snow, last year we did we did a couple of snow emergencies yes. where you couldn't park in the street. Either side of the street. I can't remember exactly how it went. Was it for a full 24-hour period, Correct. right? Like, get your cars off the road Correct. at all times. Right. Um, did we do that last year because alternate start parking had ended Correct. and it snowed? That's right. Okay, that's why we're not doing that this yeah, year. Yeah, because we've, we've uh, if you remember, in April is when we got a number of those late snow uh, events yeah. and, and alternate, site, alternate site parking had expired, so... The snow emergency was the, you know, kind of the alternative to getting cars off of the street. Uh, since alternate side parking is in effect, we we haven't used the, right. the snow emergency. And, they, and the and the crews, I mean, again, they've been uh, very busy. You know, a couple nights ago, starting at about 4 a.m. and kind of working around you know, the the clock uh, to you know to get the main thoroughfares done, and then they're going back into the residential streets. And then last night, I know they tried to get kind of another pass on all of the streets, and I, I know that they'll be continuing to do kind of cleanup and, and all that over the next yeah. few days. I remember yesterday I parked my truck right out the building here, and I was kind of getting in, and I was the only car in the road, mm-hmm. and then I looked in the rear view, I was getting out, and the Caterpillar was coming down, and I was like, oh, I'm going to, and then I moved my truck oh, so he could sure, sure. and that just made, made me think, like, we're not doing the snow emergency thing but we almost should have alternate side parking during the day when it snows a foot, because man, the road, the like, just parking in general, like going down the back streets, it was really kind of hairy, like get, like with cross traffic right. and and you know oncoming traffic, I should say, and clipping each other's rear view mirrors because because the cars parked on the side of the road. Right. Are way out, so I don't. I don't know if you guys discuss anything like that. Well, we haven't, but I know that that's part of some of the cutbacks and some of the things they'll be doing on on intersections and corners to try to deal with uh, what you're mentioning. I mean, when the when the boulevards and those corners get so high, it does become very difficult to see. So they will be going around and, and trying to clean that up. Uh, as far as whether we would do a snow emergency, I mean, that's a good question, especially if we get you know another. Uh, you know, snow event or two, or it's some, you know, or we get some major snow because right now they're just kind of running out of places to put it. I mean, right. boulevards get there's only so much uh, that that can store, and then you are spilling out into the street, and then people are parking, and it's and it's really reducing the travel lanes. So, yeah. and like um, 
we have to like pole vault over the drifts <laughs> to get into our buildings downtown. Yeah. So it's been kind of hairy there. We use the shovel. We don't actually shovel anymore. We just pole vault with the shovel. Well, the, we will. I mean, at some point, the the, the crews will get because that's one of the things that they have done downtown for many many years. Is they will for the very reason that you mentioned. They will get there and get the boulevards cleaned up. Um, they'll, they'll typically they they do that kind of overnight where they'll push all of the snow off the boulevards and then pick it up and right. and take it down to Isle of Plume. But they're not there yet. They're still busy working the other you know the the main thoroughfares and the the other places where they need to get the snow. I know you talked. I know you talked about getting like more crew for like leaf pickup during that season. Yes. When it snows like this, are these are, is it the same? Are these guys working eight-hour shifts? Or are they just working twenty-hour shifts? I know I had a friend with a, a plow truck. He he texted me at like two in the morning last night. Just got done plowing. I'm like, oh, how long did that take? Twenty-one hours. Yeah, you know. they're they're putting in some extra time and overtime. Uh, so I mean, they they are they do a really good job of trying to manage that so that folks can get breaks in there because it can get to be pretty overwhelming and in, in just thinking about the stress of driving a big plow like that and trying to navigate traffic and, you know, all of the other hazards that you can't really see because it's all covered up by a lot of snow. So they do get breaks. Um, we have actually talked about if there's uh, a need of increasing maybe uh, getting a few additional folks in the street department that would, because it's the same people. Even if they had, like, backup drivers or something just for the, you know, like, hey, you're on, you're on call maybe twice a year sure. when we get a foot of snow. Like right, that. right, and it's the same crews that basically have to do the, the leaf pickup, the snow plowing, and then the street paving in the summertime. So they're, you know, they, they have a pretty full plate, and which is what I like. I mean, we want to try to maximize that. But, yeah, we're, we're actually looking at that for the for the 2020 budget to see if it might make sense to add a few. Yeah, I could just imagine, like, driving one of them plow trucks. You think, like, you're kind of invincible because you're not going to slide off the road or anything. But you've got to be white-knuckle driving, trying not to hit all the cars. Yes. I just I haven't really thought about it before, but, like, oh, yeah, you're, you're trying to dodge all these cars, and maybe the pedestrians are trying to right. – they're shoveling their cars out, so they're kind of right, in right. the road, too. So. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a very stressful uh, job. Um, okay, look, uh, Eric, we got Eric from Sparta? Yes. Here. Uh, this big blue baby lineman, how much does it cost to ensure that by a city of lacrosse? We it didn't it didn't cost us any additional uh, funds. We we basically we added it to our existing insurance that includes other kind of public works of art because we do have a number of statues and other things around the city. So we updated our policy. You just checked the blue baby box. There's no specific dollar amount of how much it costs. Uh, there, I, we did estimate the value because that was, you know, we needed to do that to update the policy, but I don't remember off the top of my head what that estimate was. Thank you so very much, Mayor. You bet. Um, yeah, and, and if you just tell the insurance company, you put it outside the police station, they'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, nobody's right. going to mess And there's it. a camera on it and everything, so they're like, yeah, that's right, it, it, that's good. Yeah, the blue baby's vain like that. It's got to have a camera on it at all times. Um, all right, we're going to hit news and Scott's comment. Uh, in a minute here, after a quick, and then we'll be back with the mayor. All right, we're by, we're back on the Crosstalk PM. I'm Rick Solom. We're with Mayor Tim Cabot. Uh, text or call 608-785-7914 if you got any questions. Uh, mayor, I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about how you got into politics. How long have you been in politics? 
Like, where did where did you start, or maybe maybe you want to work backwards? Well, as far as uh, you know, elected politics. This, this is my first, you know, sort of my first job uh, as an elected official. Was so you like Trump? <laughs> well, we would share that, perhaps. But, but mayor versus president—I mean, that, that, there's a couple of probably, you know, a couple levels of. of, of and you got you guys might be a little different. Yeah, I mean, you're but, both but on Twitter. But I've, I, you know, my my kind of my schooling and background—I've served um, different public organizations and nonprofits for, you know, most of my 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 public or most of my career so i've i've always been very interested in politics and and have tried to pay attention and you know have volunteered uh, occasionally for campaigns and those kinds of things so you know just kind of the the inner workings of of how folks get elected i've always been interested in that and then the opportunity I mean, it's one of those things probably like you know uh, there's a lot of stories like that where it's timing and opportunity and all that so um, I mean, f- for me, it was when when Mayor Matt decided that he wasn't, you know, he was uh, not going for re-election, and then that kind of opened up the field. And if folks remember, there were, I think, 11 candidates, including myself, that uh, then ran for for the for the mayor's office. So that was really uh, that was my uh, kind of uh, introduction in the, you know being the actual candidate on the ballot. What were you doing right? Before, well, you know, what was your job at that point before you, you know, while you were running for mayor? I was uh, the director of downtown Main Street here downtown. So I, you know, I, it was for a nonprofit working with our business community and really trying to encourage, you know, growth and development downtown. And so, you know, some of it was good because I got to work with and, uh, you know, have relationships with a lot of the, you know, a lot of the folks here in our community. And then, um, especially from my uh, standpoint, I learned a lot from interacting with all of the, the business owners and uh, the, the people that really make our economy and make our country grow with their risks and investments and the things that they do to try to, uh, you know, meet their business goals. So I, I learned a lot from that, uh, and that was very – I appreciated that a lot. Yeah, aside from being a business owner yourself, you got to experience how all the business owners – you know, yeah. maybe struggle or, or, or you know, thrive in, in, in downtown lacrosse. Exactly. And that gives you a whole different insight into, uh, you know, and, what and you want as a mayor. Exactly. And a much, you know, just a great appreciation of just how hard people have to work. And, you know, the uh, a lot of times you kind of equate it with uh, the uh, farmers as well because they're, you know, the, how hard they have to work and they really rely on their, themselves and their own initiative and everything else. And so... Uh, was a, just a great exposure to that kind of um, you know perspective and that mindset and just how tough people have to be. You said you've never had this is your first elected position, right. so no student council like middle schools. I ran for student council in like sixth grade once. I I was um, well, I was a member of the Badger Boys State, which is every summer the the juniors in the Wisconsin high schools uh, they have a couple of a couple of their students all go. And do kind of a, a statewide office uh, and statewide government as, as again just kind of that learning. And, and I was fortunate enough to go to represent my school a long, long time ago. Was that voted I, though? Did you get elected no, to that position? No, it was not. I was, I was, it was appointed, and then, okay. and then I did though run for one of the offices when I was there, but I lost. Oh, so. okay. So you felt the struggle of losing an election. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, when, so, okay. So you were a junior in high school. Is that like your 
like, where do you get this interest in politics? You said you're interested in politics yeah. a long time. Was it even back then? Yeah, because, I mean, my family, you know, uh, we talked about it a lot. My my dad was a proud uh, member of the Bakery and Confectionery Workers Union because he worked uh, uh, here uh, uh, at the bakery. And so uh, there was always a lot of political discussions going on. Uh, and, it, it, you know. Is that like the bar- like people at the barbershop talk? So people at the bakery are talking? Like, well, right. It, it's, all, it's all those, yeah. It's all those conversations, and then obviously, in um, you know, I can remember uh, there was a strike at one point. So the 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 union that my dad belonged to went on strike, and so I can remember as a kid, kind of like what that meant, and uh, okay. the, you know, just some of the the challenges. So yeah, I think politics has always been something that's been of interest to me, and then uh, you know, as you. Uh, as you learn more and more, I think you know if you're interested in something, then you then you want to learn more and more. Yeah. It kind of just kind of feeds. It. Did you go? Where did you go to college? Uh, so here, so UW La Crosse okay. uh, uh, graduated here, and then I, I had a graduate degree uh, at the University of Illinois. So um, that was a couple of years after I graduated here from UW. What was your major? At UW La Crosse, it was business administration. Okay, and then. At Illinois, it, it was city city planning at the University of Illinois. Okay, so it kind of plays right into you talk about yeah about. real estate and development and those kinds of things. Which uh, it was, I think, again, just, you know, good education and preparation for some of the things that we you know go through now in our city, trying to grow and develop our city. Okay, we're gonna get a call here. Uh, hello, who's this? This is Joe. Hey, Joe. Would you want to talk to Mary? Hey. I wanted to follow up with something the mayor pointed out before, uh, and that is about the non-internal inspections on the rental properties in the city. Right. So I think that's absolutely crazy. I work in a job where I get into a lot of rental properties, and I mean there are serious fire hazards in this city. And I can't believe that there's some type of law that would keep us from inspecting these properties, a lot of them with young children and elderly people who couldn't escape or get out as easily in the case of a house fire, God forbid. I just can't believe that is a policy in the city. And how can someone, you know, at a layman's level get involved to get that changed? Well, it's it's coming actually down from the state level. So the state of Wisconsin a couple of years ago uh, passed an act that was Act 317, and it basically made the the interior of those rental inspections uh, nearly impossible. I mean, we we have to get a special. The, the only way they can re, we can really do it if there's not a complaint is we would have to get a special inspection warrant to be able to go inside the property if a tenant you know basically says. Uh, you know, if, if the inspector's knock on the door and say, hey, I want to inspect your property, um, you know, the, the tenant has the ability to say, nope, I, I don't want to let you in. The only way we can get in then is, is by getting a, a special inspection warrant. So, our, well, what about someone like me who goes into those houses? Can I file a complaint yes. or do I? Yes. How do I go about that? You, you can, you basically, if you contact the inspection department and, and, and have a, uh, 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 you know, identify the, the property, uh, the the inspectors will follow up. They they still have to get the consent of the you know the tenant to be able to get inside, and that's where sometimes we run into struggles because as you can imagine, some folks are a little bit worried about if they're you know calling and complaining on a property owner, they're worried about getting evicted or or getting you know. Well, I totally so, understand, but I don't Joe want to really be mad at his in the city because of the 
because of this law. I mean, I get where people are coming from, but maybe a lot of people aren't aware that they're in such a hazard. Yeah, no, I, I wholeheartedly agree with, with your concerns, and we've we expressed those concerns to the state legislature when they were contemplating these changes because we can document before the city of La Crosse had a rental inspection program, you know, it was about 15 years ago, thereabouts, we saw the a number of fires and, and all that, and with that program, the number of fires went down and pretty dramatically because of the things of you know checking for smoke detectors and looking for overloaded circuits and you know poor exhaust uh, for appliances and things. So uh, it's unfortunate. It's, it's just the reality that the the folks did not want cities doing those inspections. Would this have to do with just with rentals? Correct. It would be weird to like. You know, my private home, like, oh, the inspector knocks on my door, be like, why are you here? Yeah, I mean, and that was part of the argument that the Apartment Owners Association made at a state level, saying that the cities were treating rental properties different than owner-occupied properties, yeah. and that if we wanted to have a, a law, we should inspect everybody's property. And again, for cities, I mean, we've got 20-some thousand housing units in the in the city that would be a very challenging and tall order to try to do that. So we're, we're still looking at ways through the complaint process and, and possibly through some other uh, methods to do uh, to, to you know to try to get those inspections done, but the way that the current law is, it makes it again nearly yeah. It's impossible. almost a, it's a little invasion of privacy, right? Like I mean, if there was a complaint, there's a complaint, but like who that complaint has to be you know like legit, right? Like I can if I didn't like you know some guy down down the street, I just complained to the to the city, yeah, yeah, his, there's a fire hazard in his house. Go inspect it because maybe he's doing something that I don't agree with. That, you know, like, well, and that was one of the benefits of having a proactive program. We didn't rely on complaints. We yeah. basically went into the units the, the way that it was set up is once every five years where we would go in, uh, the inspectors would do an inspection on the inside and then identify if, again, there were problems for, you know, again, smoke detectors. Right, or, with or, rental units. Yeah, exactly. So that that was the, the state legislature didn't like that. Right. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and, uh, and we'll wrap up here on WIZM. All right, we're back with the mayor on Lacrosse Talk PM six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. If you want to call or text, you've got uh, eh, about five seven minutes somewhere around there. Um, what's a day in the life of the mayor like? Super exciting. Every every day is every day is different, which that variety is always enjoyable. I mean, it's a one could expect it's a lot of meetings. So I mean, you do spend a lot of it? Okay. time in meetings, and then I mean, I I like to be able to get out. Uh, and get to different, you know, groups and events, especially because that's where you get to, you know, talk to people outside of those meetings because meetings can get kind of, you know, formal and, and all that. So, meetings are so, I mean, every day is a little bit different, and that's, you know, the, the focus is, I mean, they really range from all kinds of things like, you know, the budget and trying to deal with some of the the bigger picture challenges to, you know, trying to help people out when they have a, a problem or a complaint. I mean, that's the other big part of the job is is trying to problem solve uh, when folks, you know, especially usually they get to the mayor's office, they've been through a couple of departments sure. and they're like, oh, we're not, you know, we're not getting any help or we're not getting the answer that we want. Well, let's take it to the mayor. So, yep. I mean, then, then the, cha- the problem is usually kind of challenging. So, But that's what also makes it interesting because you do really want to try to help people kind of navigate the system sometimes. Does your day start at, like, 5 in the morning? 
With, uh, like, uh, Twitter? You could ask Twitter. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, I mean, it, usually there's early meetings. I mean, it, again, it kind of varies. I mean, depending on the, the week of the month as well. So the first two weeks of every month are pretty busy because that's committee week and council week. So you end up with, you know, typically starting 7, 7.30, and you're going until, you know, 7, 8 o'clock at night or thereabouts. So those are some pretty full days. Um, but again, each each day is a little bit different. So if you're um, if you're somebody that hates meetings, it sounds like you do not want to be a mayor. Or or you'd want to approach that job much differently than you know than sitting in meetings. So yeah, yeah it, it kind of goes with the territory. Yeah, there's. I mean, I feel like most people don't like meetings. Why are there so many? Do you like meetings? Then is that how that works? Well, that I mean, the meetings are the way that you get. The, the, the democratic process works because if we think about, uh, you know, just with, without getting too uh, sort of, um, you know, hokey here, I guess, but, you know, our system of government is is still, I would argue, the best one that anybody has come up with yet. It's, you know, it still has its flaws, but especially at the local level, the way that you solve these problems and try to get these things done is by people sitting down together, yep. and usually that's in a meeting. But you 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 know you try to work together, you get input, you kind of hash things over, and then try to come up with good solutions. Okay, with that, Gillette Street, there was a meeting Monday, yes. right? With that, the yes. Board of Public Works meeting, correct? Um, and it seems like this is an issue where I don't know, and I'm not going to know all the details here. The Board of Public Works decided to make. Gillette Street bike lanes, and they're going to eliminate parking on one side of the street, and the people that own businesses there are mad. Yes. And that's something the city council can't veto or vote on, or what's the issue there? Well, so the, the purpose of the meeting on Monday was to do uh, an informational session because we are going to be redoing Gillette Street all the way basically from Rose Street to uh, to uh, Prospect right there by, or Tonalaska Avenue, I should say. And we... Uh, we want, you know, we're basically our program, our ordinance says anytime the city redoes a street, we have to look at walking, biking, transit as a part of that overall approach. It's called our Green Complete Streets Ordinance. And we really try to balance all of the safety with all of the different modes of travel. So we're not just trying to say, you know, we're all in favor of bikes and nobody else, or we're all in favor of cars and nobody else. We really are trying to balance it. And that's what, that's why it becomes somewhat challenging because the folks do feel like if, if you're making changes and it impacts them, you know, that they feel like that's not a good decision. So we did take input. We talked about the, uh, the goals and got, you know, heard from the, the property owners, the business owners, the people that, you know, have kids that go to Northside Elementary School. And out of that, the decision was to go ahead with the removing parking on the north side of the street, keep the parking on the south side of the street, and then introduce bike lanes as a way, again, to encourage, you know, safer travel. Sure. So the as far as whether the city council wants to weigh in, um, they've granted that authority to the Board of Public Works, but that ultimately, you know, every decision has to, in essence, get affirmed or, or whatever by the council. So if, if council members want to, in essence, override that decision, they they probably can do that or they can at least try to do that. So, okay. so I think there's probably more to come because I, I do feel very much for folks that were disappointed on Monday night's decision, thinking like, you know, people weren't listening to them and all that. We, we take that 
that input and we take those decisions very, at least I personally am speaking now, take it very seriously. And, again, you're trying to balance all of the issues and all of the challenges. And, the you know, right now I think everybody agrees that for folks, and, and especially for young kids trying to get to Norset Elementary or to get to the library and then even farther down by Logan High School where there are people who walk and bike. It's just not really that safe to cross. So trying to introduce some changes to make it safer is what is what the board decided to do. Yeah, and it seems to me that um, adding bike lanes is, is like people are, people complain that, oh, why, why, why can't the bikes go a different on a different street? And it's like, well, maybe the cars should go. That's the street. People go down that street. That's why they're going. Yeah, and, and Gillette Street is one of those main corridors, and we, we try not, you know, we, we've identified, because the city has a plan that they did back in 2012 where they identified the major kind of bike and pedestrian areas where they would like to see, you know, this is where we'd like bikes to yep. go, et cetera, right? So, and Gillette Street is one of those, and that's, in essence, you know, you only do these once every 20 or 30 years because you don't want to rip up new pavement to make changes. You do it at the time when you're when you're repaving the street. So it, it, is, a, it is a struggle, and I know that the board members, I mean, we there was a lot of, uh, you know, comments and a lot of input about how do we make that, that street safer. Yeah, sure. All right, that is actually all the time we have for today. Thanks a lot, Mayor. Good, good job on your, on your first show here. All right, thank you. Okay. All right, we'll see you tomorrow. Not you, but you listening. We'll hear you tomorrow. You'll hear us tomorrow.